You're listening to ClearTrack HR Podcast, a show about employee benefits, employment law, and other topics for HR professionals. Don't forget to subscribe if you like what you hear. Now here's our host, Zach Finney. Thank you for listening to the ClearTrack HR Podcast. I'm your host, Zach Finney, and we have a special guest today. She is the Vice President of National Expansion of the fastest growing 100% real estate franchise in the country, JPAR Real Estate based out of Frisco, Texas. She has an extensive real estate background from all the way from owning and selling a successful brokerage that doubled in production year over year to helping a lead generation tech company grow into a $200 million acquisition. She has built highly productive teams, which I personally had the pleasure of working on back in the day. She's worked in the iBuyer space. She coaches and mentors brokers on how to start and grow a successful brokerage. Big welcome to my friend, Chastity Davenport. Chastity, thanks for joining the podcast today. Thanks so much for having me, Zach. I appreciate it. Awesome. And so I would really like to dig in today on kind of housing market trends and how, it, you know, with 2020, how that looked. But before mm-hmm. we kind of dig into that subject, can you tell the listeners kind of how you got started in the real estate industry? Yeah, for sure. Um, initially, I was I was really drawn to the marketing and advertising aspect. Um, it led me to some great positions at home builder companies, and then I started really recognizing how much fun and honestly how much money all of uh, the sales department was making. So I decided to get my license back in 2008 and join the exciting world of real estate. Um, Obviously, that was during a, a national uh, housing market crash right there in 2008. So, you know what they say, if you can make it in that real estate climate, you can make it through anything. Yeah, I guess there's nowhere <laughs> to go but up after that. Right. <laughs> <laughs> and so, as I mentioned earlier, the VP of expansion for JP and Associates, I mean, that sounds like a pretty big deal. I mean, what, with that position, what is your main focus? Yeah, I'm, I'm kind of a big deal. So, (laughs) (laughs) just kidding. My company, however, is a really big deal. We are, um, as you said in the intro, we're the the largest independent real estate brokerage in Texas. And we are also the fastest growing 100% commission franchise in the country. And so we have a lot of accolades that speak to our rapid growth. Um, Actually, Inc.com just named us as a top 10 franchise in the nation, not just real estate, but out of all of the industries franchising. So that was a pretty big deal as well. Um, to speak to kind of what, you know, the question about my specific position, I focus on ensuring that the expansion continues this path of growth throughout the U.S. So currently we're in 20 states with about 70 offices sold. Um, our goal is to be in all 50 states by 2023. And my team and I, we just go out, we find brokers um, in our industry that have a desire to start or grow to be the most successful real estate brokerage in their market. And then we equip them with everything that JPAR has, our proven successful model, our best-in-class technology systems, and our world-class support to help them achieve that goal. And then when you say you're 100% commission brokerage or company, what do you mean by that? We allow agents to keep 100% of their commission in their pocket, and we also provide them with everything that they need in order to build a successful business. So whereas most agents will go to a company that provides them with a lot of technology and they have to sacrifice split 
in order to do that. So they will have to pay 10, 20, 30% sometimes to their broker in order to get that kind of support and those kind of technology systems. And we are able to do that um, because of our rapid expansion and because of our growth, we're able to provide the agents with that type of technology and support that they need without charging them large splits to go with that. Awesome. And then let's talk about trends. So March 2020 happens. The pandemic starts to hit. Information started going out. How did the real estate market react at the beginning? Well, the beginning of things, everyone freaked out. Um, we all thought it would be the crash of everything. And, and we all had those 2008 flashbacks again and, and started preparing for it. But the, the pandemic has actually done some pretty great things for the real estate market um, in, in contrast to what everyone kind of expected to happen. People became forced to stay at home um, and the, they're home a lot more than they're used to being at home and they're working from home, they're homeschooling their kids at home, and all of this has kind of changed housing needs altogether. Um, people have been wanting to move from crowded cities to more of a rural living situation. Um, they want more space, more privacy, more protection. People are that may have been renting in the past, they're starting to realize that they have very little rights when they rent. They could get kicked out at any time or, um, you know, a lot of uh, renters have just been shaken up by the situation and, and wanted to stop renting and, and start, you know, investing in their future. I think overall, we're just seeing people go into kind of a protection mode with their real estate. They want to own a home. They want to be easily protected and they want to have more space for their family to spread out. So it's actually been uh, one of the the biggest increases in sales uh, month over month since the pandemic has happened that I've seen in this in in, in a, any market. And then are you seeing an increase across the board with new homes and existing homes or has one of the other kind of trended a little bit higher than um, I think everything is just going really fast. Um, it really right. depends on where you are in the country. Um, you know, for a lot of places in the country don't have a lot of new home, you know, availability anymore. And so um, I think that people wanting to move out away from the cities is causing you know, or get kind of bringing that opportunity a little bit more because there's more opportunity for home builders to go out to some of these areas that people may not have been interested in before and start building new homes. And then uh, I know you may, may not get into rentals that much, but are you seeing because of COVID the rental market change and go down just because of the pandemic itself going into somebody else's home or Yes. Well, you know, I think mostly we see that because people are a little bit scared to get into long-term rental contracts right now. They don't know what's going to happen. Um, they don't know where they're going to be. And also I'm seeing landlords are a little bit more reluctant to rent to people um, because we've seen some of those national um, pandemic uh, laws come into place that say that, you know, people may not have to pay for a long extended period of time. And that's really causing stress on landlords as well. So 
uh, landlords are being a little bit more protective and also renters are, are being a little bit more protective as well. So. Yeah, I didn't even think about that as far as the the new laws that are protecting renters like that. I guess it would if I was a landlord maybe pumping my brakes a little bit before I wanted yeah. to open up. Um, yeah, for sure. So what about the the prices? Are they inflating? I mean, from a financial standpoint, is it still a good time to buy or sell? Well, nationwide, we're in a seller's market, which I don't know if that's ever happened before, but everywhere, I, I talk to agents and brokers all across the nation on a daily basis, and, and everyone says we're in a seller's market, which means that if you've ever considered selling, now is the time to do it, um, especially if you have an investment property or a flip that you've been working on and holding, you'll probably make more money now than you will in the next five to 10 years. On the flip yeah, we, side of that, inventory is very, very low. And that's what we're seeing here in Alabama too. I mean, we sold our house in July and I I want to say it, it, we took it off the market after 18 hours because we got so many offers in immediately. Yeah. Yeah. And then there, and the inventory, I mean, they are snatching it up. These places can barely get the for sale sign up. It's, it's true. Multiple okay. offers. We're seeing multiple offers. We're seeing, um, you know, cash is king, obviously. Um, people removing contingencies like appraisal contingencies and inspection contingencies. Um, there just aren't very many options out there right now. So if you're going to buy a home, then you have to do it very strategically and you have to, to make decisions very quickly. But ironically, it's also a very great time to buy because Houses may be at top dollar, but interest rates are at an all-time low. So you've got right now the Federal Reserve has voted to keep short-term borrowing rates near 0%, which equates a 30-year fixed rate mortgage to around 2.7. It's pretty yeah, crazy. Not too, not too shabby there. Yeah, I mean, you get a $250,000 house for around $1,000 a month. You can't beat that. Not at all. Um, so what about the sales methods that you're seeing with the agents now? Because, I mean, are they going in and showing houses just uh, like it was a year ago? Or, or are you seeing a bunch of different precautions? Or is it becoming just online-based a lot? I mean, what are you seeing? Yeah, I think the agents have had to adapt a little bit. But for the most part, it's been pretty business as usual to to survive as a real estate agent in the last five years, you've had to go online with most of your business anyway. Um, so it really hasn't changed a lot of things, but we have seen changes to things like open houses. Most people are are doing virtual open houses or implementing things like Matterport tours or live videos versus doing, you know, where anybody and everybody could just walk in. Also showing homes are a little bit different, um, you know, People are wearing masks and sanitizing and taking off their shoes and <laughs> staying socially distanced from each other. So that's changed a little bit, but but nothing too out of the ordinary. And then just to kind of flip over to another topic here, I, I remember being in the home building or real estate industry, and it seemed like the agents at that time were all 1099 contractors and with that they really didn't have an opportunity for health or voluntary benefits. Has that changed? Well, I'd say that 99% of agents are still independent contractors. Um, some companies out there have tried the the agent employee model. Um, I actually used to work for one a few years ago, and it just typically doesn't 
work um, from a lot of different standpoints, management standpoints, and, and because the job itself is so demanding, um, the hours are so variable, agents can work all day and then end up having to work all night processing an offer and then showing houses all day and then processing offers all night. So, um, you know, having a, an employee that has set hours and, and a set pay structure just doesn't really work very well for, for the demands of the job itself. But even as independent contractors, there's, there's healthcare options out there. The National Association of Realtors actually offers a few packages for individuals. Um, but JPAR, we, we've partnered with Clearwater Benefits, and we provide some amazing healthcare packages um, that are saving agents about 30 to 60 percent um, versus them going out and getting healthcare on their own individually. We had an agent recently tell us that the price of their medication went from $330 per month to seven. That's a yeah. bit of a yeah. change of pace. Yeah. It's big. It's big. And, and they also said their premium is half of what they were paying through their individually sourced healthcare programs. So um, I hope that more and more brokerages start adapting the mentality that we need to have something in place. We need to offer agents some kind of solution for their healthcare. Um, I always say that we at JPAR, we like to keep our agents healthy and wealthy. Oh, that's a good one. Yeah. That's a good luck. <laughs> um, and so we're talking about teams and great teams. I mean, you've been a part of some great teams. You created uh, very successful teams and businesses throughout your career. What sets a good team apart? I think leadership is probably the first thing that comes to mind there. Um, if a team has a good leader, that group of people can really accomplish anything. And I, it really, to me, just boils down to that leader having experience and and the right mindset and the right systems and tools in place and just in creating an environment of success and then has real estate now become more of a team-like business other than an individual sport so to say teams have a huge upper hand in real estate if you think about all the hats a typical real estate agent wears it starts to blow your mind because you think okay they have to be prospecting for new business um, they have to be out shuffling around buyer clients running comps on properties um, going to listing appointments presenting things um, marketing listings showings um, scheduling them coordinating inspections the list goes on and on i mean if you think about just the fact that they're preparing for closings by working together with lenders, appraisers, buyers, sellers, two sets of agents and doing all of those things while doing the first set of things I was just talking about. Um, I mean, no one person can be great at all of those things. So if you're an individual agent handling all of the aspects of working with buyers and sellers on your own, you're either you're not going to be able to produce the amount that you need to produce to make good income, or you're gonna be making good income and you're gonna be dropping the ball in, in some or all of those areas. It's just not possible. So teams really allow for specialization and then they allow for a more process-oriented transaction. And I feel like the consumer really wins when a team of people are involved. You had me at process-oriented. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> so Chessie, thanks for joining us on the podcast. And we'd like to dig into kind of the 
expertise of our guests, but then mm -hmm. we also like to maybe throw out some random rapid fire questions to get to know you as a person a little bit better. Are you game for that? Sure. All right. So it's going to be family feud style. So you can always say pass if you don't want to answer anything. Okay. okay? <laughs> okay. All right. All right. Here we go. We'll get started. So you, our listeners don't know, may be an Auburn football fan, correct? Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. Okay. And should Gus Malzahn be fired? <laughs> Pass. <laughs> what? What I is the whole? I don't want to. I don't want to make people mad. <laughs> I, I didn't. I didn't know if you had jumped off the Gus bus yet, or if you were still rocking the sweater vest. So I just. I wanted to get that out of the way. <laughs> so yeah. what is the hardest part about raising two teenage to preteen boys? Oh my goodness. Um, I would say watching them grow up way too fast. I keep, I just want to, I want to keep them babies for as long as possible. Doesn't it feel like it happens in like a month? Like, like oh, yes. you look taller. Oh my gosh. <laughs> yes. My oldest is now 14 and he is taller than me. The, the my 12 year old is starting to look like she's about 24 years old and it's yeah. driving, driving me crazy um <laughs> what is your favorite board game board game i love monopoly um but i'm cheating a little bit because we don't play it board game style we play it on the wii as a family and yeah. we have so much fun is the strategy to always just go for boardwalk and park place or do you buy up everything you land on i i don't so i don't buy up everything i land on but i do try to get a variety on each side of the board location 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 passive uh, income <laughs> <laughs> what is your go-to cocktail oh my gosh um i'd have to say an old-fashioned and that is my favorite cocktail as well. So you just got brownie points for mm -hmm. that one. Mm -hmm. All right. So, so now we're going to do what is better. Yeah, I'm just going to give you two options. You pick which one. Tacos okay. or burritos? Tacos all day. Soft shell Living in Austin. Uh, soft shell. Living in That's Austin, right. I've been spoiled by brisket tacos. Hold on. Austin is known for the tacos? Oh, yes. Oh, yes. If you go, I'm talking breakfast tacos, lunch, anytime you want, food truck tacos everywhere. It's absolutely is, fabulous. It's Austin how I envision it where every single person is good at music that you meet. Uh, you know what? I'm kind of spoiled from Nashville. So living in Huntsville uh, for so long, Nashville was close. And um, Nashville to me is just, it truly is the music capital of the world. And they call Austin that, but I, I didn't feel it. I, I wasn't getting the same overwhelming music feeling as I do in Nashville. But um, there is a lot, of, a lot of great music going on in, in Austin as well, but it's kind of hidden. It's like in the, in the underground bars and, and things, and, and you have to really be a local to know where to find it. You know my feelings for Nashville, how much I yeah. love it, and there's some stories that we will not dive into. <laughs> We've had a good time in Nashville before. Yes, we have. <laughs> um, so that brings you this, dive bar or an upscale bar? Oh, I love upscale. You can't beat putting on a, a little black dress and going out and having a nice old-fashioned and listening to some jazz music. That sounded like a night with Ron Burgundy. <laughs> yeah, just playing some jazz flute. <laughs> yes. 
Saved by the Bell or 90210? Saved by the Bell all day. Yeah, all day. I'm day. actually getting my uh, my youngest son into Saved by the Bell right now. Oh, nice. Yeah. It, We're bringing Kelly back Kapowski old school. Mm-hmm. Kelly Kapowski was a heavy mm-hmm. part of my youth. Um, yeah. Would you rather be in jail for a year or lose a year off your life? Mm. I'm going to have to lose a year off my life. I agree. I'm too weak. Yeah. Are sailboats cool? Uh, uh, <laughs> that's a random question. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> do you are you wanting to buy one or? <laughs> no, I have my own feelings on sailboats. This is attitude. Oh, um, you know, I I was asked to go on a sailboat to sail. Um, for two weeks out into the ocean blue and and I got terrified about doing it and so I'm not too sure if I'm a big sailboat fan. I like yachts. I'm a bit of a fancy boater. <laughs> so you mean you'd rather have a motor than have to deal with a blanket and air to get you where yeah. you need to be? Yes, yeah. absolutely. Yeah. If I like you could the hot go... air balloon situation. Like I'm I not would... down for that. No way, not at gunpoint would I go in a lot here. Um, <laughs> if you could go back in time and see any musician live, who would it be? Michael Jackson. Interesting. Are we talking about like beat it days or? Mm-hmm. Yeah, or back days? in the day, like I'm talking in his prime, that would be the most amazing concert. I like it. And then uh, you've been known to travel in, in your life. What's your favorite place to vacation? Uh, I'm a little biased towards Vegas. I have the best time in Vegas when I go. So many shows, always something to do. The city never sleeps. You just have a great time. I still have never been. And it, it saddens me. I just, I'm afraid I won't come back. Um, yeah. And then the final question, the most important question, in my opinion. What is the best movie of all time? I don't think you're going to like my answer. <laughs> oh, no. What is it? <laughs> I saw it. it. It came out. I think it was 97 or 98. And I went to the movie theater 10 times. And it is Titanic. I have also been to the movie theater around 10 times to see Titanic when it came out. Nice. It was, I mean, at the time it was when the parents would drop you off with your date. So you couldn't yes. drive yet. And exactly. uh, I mean, that was three and a half hours I got to spend. Right. And uh, yeah. And every one of, uh, yes, I, you couldn't get me out of that movie theater. Yeah. I just don't think you can beat the forbidden romance story. Like, it is just it's a great 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 movie that's not a bad choice that's a good one we had somebody pick clue on the show clue oh didn't know it existed so there's movies (laughs) that's been named here that i had to google that just um (laughs) not not hating on that yes i'm sure it's a fantastic movie (laughs) yeah fantastic movie but yeah it is So, Chastity, we appreciate you joining the podcast. I hope you had some fun while you were here. Yeah, of Uh, course. Before we sign off, uh, we were talking before we started recording here. I mean, what if somebody was interested in becoming an owner and working with you and the team there at JPAR, what would they what would be the first step? 
Um, you can learn everything that you need to know uh, about our franchise at franchise.jpar.com. So that's franchise.jpar.com. We have tons of videos and resources there for you to take a look at. Um, interested in either starting your own brokerage from scratch, we can help you with that, or converting your independent brokerage over into being um, a JPAR franchise, we can help you with that too. Awesome. And we'll be sure to include that link there in the show notes. Chastity, thanks again for joining the podcast. Hope you can come back again sometime. It was good catching up with you. For sure. Thanks, Zach. Thank you. And thanks to all the listeners for listening and supporting the page. Uh, you can see all things podcast related at cleartrackhr.com slash podcasts. Again, for our guest, Chastity Davenport, I'm your host, Zach Penny. Thank you for listening and talk to you again real soon.